Alrighty, 2021, episode 1 of 2021. Like uh, Luke said before we rolled, um, a little rusty, getting ready to go. Um, so I just want to go ahead and welcome everybody to 21, 2021 I mean. And I want to go ahead and introduce Luke Curry, a good friend of mine, um, young minister, a good friend of mine. He was actually my high school quarterback. We won a championship together. We did. Yeah, and he's like the best ever. Um, so I just want to introduce him. He's a great friend of mine. And I'm excited to see what he's going to share with us today. So, describe a little bit about yourself. How'd you get where you are? Well, um, so, how did I get where I am? A lot of prayer and a lot of good people <laughs> that that dealt with and have been very patient with me. Um, so, uh, I, so, I am, uh, my name is Luke Curry. I am 18 years old. Um, I'm a member at Souls Harbor First Pentecostal Church. Mm-hmm. Um, my pastor is Jason Varnum. Bishop is James Varnum. Um, I only say that because they're my favorite people on the planet. Um, and I'm very blessed to serve under incredible leaders. Um, my parents are the executive pastors here, and they take care of the day-to-day operation. The fun stuff. Um, the, the fun stuff. The, they, they make sure that, that everything keeps rolling. And so... Uh, now I'm I'm currently um, I I help here at the church and I help a little bit at the school and I do a little bit of college and I preach out a little bit so I'm just kind of just do, of just doing a little bit of everything just trying to follow the the will of the Lord so I know it's a little different you're used to having people like Brother Landon Gore and stuff on here but uh, yeah so that that's kind of that's what I do. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. I wanted the young person to give a fresh look at the new year. Yeah. Not, nothing that, because I feel like we can fall into a rhetoric of, well, not rhetoric, but a, a routine of just doing the same thing over and over again. I kind of want to shake it up for the new year and wake up and get ready. For sure. So, like you said, you've already mentioned, like, what do you do as far as church goes? But what do you do? What's your ministry? What do you do? Do you sing? Do you do you play guitar? What do you kind of do? Well, I uh, <laughs> I don't play guitar. <laughs> the uh, my mom would probably kill me if she heard me say that because I had many years of lessons, <laughs> um, but I still don't play guitar, um, and I've never played guitar. Um, I don't really play any instruments. I do sing occasionally in the, uh, in the choir and in chorales. I've, I don't really do m- much solos just because uh, they, they, want, they, they, want, they care for the other people's ears. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I usually uh, stick to just in my lane, which is preaching, um, and in the last little bit, the Lord has uh, really opened up the doors for me to do what I feel I'm called to do, and that's evangelize. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's just kind of just getting started. Um, and that's just because the Bible says the a man's gifts will uh, make room for him. And uh, I've never passed out a single card. I've never had to do anything like that. Just the Lord is 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 opening doors, and um, and and that's what's kind of going on right now. Just enjoying mm-hmm. the season that I'm in. So. Actually, you spoke recently uh, here at your church. It was did a great, great job and great move of God. And I've heard you preach many times. And God has blessed us through you. Really excited to see where he takes you. So, obviously, I mean, when I see you preach, I can see the burden that you have for souls and for making a difference in, in churches and things that you travel to. So, you got to it th- to that point somehow, and so why, when, how? You know the basic questions of why did you, why were you called to do this? How did, were you at an altar? Was it a in a prayer room or was it a 
a list of events and then when did you when did this happen for you yeah for sure um so that's kind of a loaded question but uh, i'll try my best to kind of give you my story um and so um from the time i was very young i can always remember i wanted to be and i'm not saying this braggadocious i don't know if that's the proper word whatever i'm trying to be impressive because you know i'm on a podcast now um but from the time I was very young, what I could always remember is not necessarily wanting to be a preacher, but I wanted to be great for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do something great for God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always remember praying, God, I don't want to be ordinary. God, I don't want to be average. I looked up to men and being in this amazing church, getting to be raised in Souls Harbor. I mean, Literally, Joey Campitella was the was the youth pastor, who's an incredible minister. Victor, brother, brother Victor Jackson is 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 doing different stuff. Brother Donnie Ellis, brother Daniel, Osh, all of these great, and I could just tell that um, there was something different about those people. Mm-hmm. There were there were there were people that were used of God, but then there were there were those that were used of God. They were different. And so I can always remember wanting to be different. That was always my prayer. But I never necessarily, I always grew up wanting to be a minister, always wanted to be great. I never, I never was called myself a preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, now, looking back, I always had a, preaching was always kind of in my life. I mean, I, I preached, my dad's a, a minister. Um, I preached my first sermon at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I preached for the first time in, uh, in big church as we would call it Mm -hmm. at 12 years old um and so from a very early age god has always dealt with me um and so basically i went i went throughout life and you know i had i had all of those those plans and i would go through different things that i wanted to be you know i was going to be a a preacher veterinarian i was going to be a a preacher football player or a preacher you know i was going to always or but ministry was always a part Mm-hmm. Um, my parents always, I have incredible parents and they always kind of echoed the Varnums and that you're going to do something for God. You don't have mm-hmm. to be a preacher, but you're going to do something for God. And so it was just understood in our house, you're going to do something for God. Um, and so anyway, I'll try to, to hurry, but, um, going throughout life and I, I was a part of a, I, I, I remember a season I was probably around. I don't know. I remember from the time I was like 12, 13, 14, that mm-hmm. the, there was a year in there, and I can't Those remember the exact very, very year. Critical Those years are extremely critical. So coming out of the, coming out of Sunday school, coming into the youth group, though that year, there was a year I remember just going on a mission. I remember going on a mission, and that was I want to do something. I, I want to know what I'm called to do. Um, I've, I've just kind of gone through the, I want to know what I'm called to do. And so I prayed about it, um, and I kept praying. And I remember at a New Year's revival, I was down, and I was praying in the altar. And we always have, I mean, New Year's for us is one of, its we always have explosive church, but, you know, there's always mm-hmm. New Year's is vision casting and just amazing. And I wish I could remember who was preaching, but anyway, I'll, I'll, there, I was down at the altar, and God told me, he said, this year I'm going to get you alone. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever really shared this, but he told me, this year I'm going to get you alone. I was like, 
okay, <laughs> that, that is the, that's a weird thing for God to speak to you. Kind of a scary thing, especially I think I was, I was around 12 or 13 years old. That's, well, that's a, especially being young, you think of like, when I mean, you haven't thought about the deep things where how God will put you in bad situations. Right. You, yeah. You're, you're raised. Reading, Everything's, I've been yeah. raised in church. Yeah. What you do know, you mean, God? Everything, yeah. sunshine and rainbows, you know, his ark and Samson. Yeah, for and, sure. And all that, David and the giant, and you think about these bright, happy stories, you know, Veggie Tales and that kind of yeah, thing. And for then, sure. And when things happen, and you're like, kind of like, you're, yeah. like, you're like, this is legit. Yeah, this, this is. <laughs> I, rem- I, remember, <laughs> I remember when that moment hit me. I was like, or not a specific moment, but I remember where time and time again, it's like, it's legit. Souls are in the line, you know, yeah. whatever. This is you know, this, this, means, this is prophecy, yeah. and, and time yeah. times are meaningful now this this is this yeah. is what it's about so anyway a, a stretch of couple months went by and i was involved in a thing called 4-h mm-hmm. um for those of you that don't know what that is it's a agricultural organization um where you raise different like either cattle or or hogs or you raise projects and you show them at county fairs and then you sell them for money and it's just a really good organization i um i've saved a lot of money and, and got Anyway, it was a a big blessing to me um, and my family, and that was something we were a part of. Um, And so I I was doing that, and I could remember, keep in mind, everybody in my family has done this. My mom, she did this, and it's a great organization. I'm not trying to knock it. Um, She had done it. My my grandparents had been involved in it. It was Mm -hmm. just something we have always done. And so a few months later, after God had told me this weird thing, um, I began to feel kind of pricked about it. Like, what, Luke, why don't you give this up? I was like, what? Why, why would I give this up? It's a good thing. It's, it's not evil. It's not sinful. Why would I give this up? And so um, time went on, and I kind of pushed it off. And then we were at Youth Congress. Um, Brother Victor Jackson was preaching, um, which was a very cool thing for us because he's from here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt personally like in, invested in that service just a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm down at the altar. And honestly, from that point on, from the time that God first pricked me to this moment, I felt nothing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the first time in my life I've always been able to, to cry very easily, to, mm-hmm. to break through very easily. Um, and, and it was the first time in my life that I felt cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we're talking about 13, 14 years old and I felt cold and mm-hmm. I just, what was going on? And I was laying down and you know, there's thousands of people there and I'm laying down. I can remember, I could literally in Lucas oil stadium, I could take you back to the spot, mm-hmm. um, that I was, and I was laying down and my, it was like nobody was around. And, uh, I, he began to preach about a call to greatness and, and being great, and which hit home for me. I've always wanted to be great. I always wanted to be different. And, uh, and when he began to preach about that, he began to talk about, I want you to envision. I want you to envision yourself operating in that ministry. I didn't know what my ministry was. Mm-hmm. I knew it was to be great. I had preached before, and I felt like, not that I was good at it, but it felt right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it just felt like something clicked, but I didn't call myself a preacher. Yeah. And, uh, and, and God gave me a vision in my mind of uh, me preaching in front of uh, a large group of people. And right then, and for the first time in months, I heard the voice of God and he just mm-hmm. said, we're gonna do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was as simple as it was. Luke, if you want it, 
you're going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I want you to give it up. I was like, what? I want you to give it up. And so I, uh, I, I went home and I had already had a, an, a, a project that I had spent uh, a quite a large amount of money mm-hmm. and invested in. And luckily I went to my parents and told them what I felt like was happening. And they said, you got to give it up. Yep. I said, okay. And uh, when I gave it up, I, 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 it was at a, I was at the fair a year later from the moment I had decided to give it up. Um, and when I did that year, the, that a year later from that, which obviously God had started using me and opened a little bit more doors. But a year later from that, I got a call at the exact same spot I was I, at a spot that I had been often at the fair, um, not showing this time. I had given it up. I was just there to, to kind of be a part and, and, and to help out. And it was Brother Joey Campitella. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had called me, and he asked me to go with him to Thailand. And it all happened right there. It all clicked, and it all aligned. So it was this kind of, even at 13 years old, it was this long journey um, yeah. of to how it came to be. And it was at Thailand where I first felt led to evangelize. And mm-hmm. so, um, sorry, that's a really long story, but... Um, no, it's definitely a story worth hearing. That was so. very interesting. Um, but um, like you said, it, how it felt like forever where we look back on things <clears throat> and maybe 13 to 16, 13 to 18 wasn't long, but like that 13 to 14 took forever because yeah, of how how God works. Um, one thing that you mentioned I wanted to touch on, and this is detracting and this is probably my bad. And before I take any uh, claim for it, I heard this from Brother Baptiste, I believe he was speaking at a conference. Yeah. Um, go check that out if you haven't. It was great. He shared a bunch of great stuff um, when I interviewed him. But he was, awesome. he <laughs> was He's a great guy. Um, but he was talking about, you mentioned being great, and he was preaching about being great and asking to be great but the problem is when you ask to be greater and I'm not going to teach a sermon but that was what he was talking about is when you want to be greater then you want to be greater than the person next to you and just let God do what you want what he wants through you which you've done and you become your own person you've you've molded yourself the way God wanted you to Um, and I did want to touch on that because I've had a I've had that question for quite a while and how is it right because I've I've thought about this. Is it right to want to be great? Because I've also because it I feel like it's also not conflicting. But I've heard people say, like, um, let God have His way. But what if you want to be something crazy, uh, wh- yeah. whatever you want to do, and you want to be the very best at it? Whether it don't it doesn't even have to be preaching. It could be guitar playing or choir yeah, leading or songwriting absolutely. or whatever it is. So how do you approach that without being prideful? Yeah. That's that's an incredible question. Um, as far as that's something I've often asked myself. You know, we're not that f- different in age, and uh, and it's something I've had to live out. You know, because there is something, and I think there should be. First of all, to answer the question, I think there should be something in you that says, "I want to be great." Mm-hmm. Why would I settle for anything less than what? And I just, um, funny, I just preached about this the other night. But um, you gotta want it. Mm-hmm. You gotta want to be great. Um, don't compare yourself among yourselves. You got to understand that you're called to be Harrison, mm-hmm. and I'm called to be Luke. And there is something for me. I can't be as much as these men. I've had so many great men in my life speak into my life. Mm-hmm. I can't be Joey Campitella. I can't be um, Daniel Autry or, or Landon Gore. Or 
I'm just not called to it. Mm-hmm. I can be Luke, and I'm going to be the best Luke that I can possibly be. Yeah. And so that's really where you walk the line is that I want to do everything that I can do to be great. Mm-hmm. Not, don't compare yourself, not that I want to be necessarily better than, than, than them because it's different. You have, to, you have to be the best you that you could possibly be. And so, you know, what, uh, co- what comes to mind is there, there are those, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, uh, Lord kind of revealed it to me, and then Pastor actually preached a message on it, but the chosen choose to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, the f- there's, it's the favor factor that the, the favor of God is poured out on the few. Um, it's the it's that Jesus has twelve disciples, but he only takes three with him mm-hmm. to the Mount of Transfiguration, because they wanted it. It was it was the beloved. It was, and so it's not about it's it's about how bad do you want Jesus, and I want to be great for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why would I? Ever, I heard uh, Brother Robinette um, say one time. He said, "Why would I ever settle for being a preacher when I could be a minister?" Mm-hmm. Um, meaning. Why would I ever settle for just being a part of the crowd when I, when I could be a minister? I could be great. I could be the man that God has called. Um, and so I hope that answers the question. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I feel about it. It's also, it's also um, important not to judge great and let God do it because you may find yourself in a pit of right. not satisfied because you're, what you had in your mind of being great isn't what he had when you've touched more souls, but you haven't done it at a church larger than 50 people, but you've, you know, changed, changed communities at a time. Bible talks about let the greatest among you be your servant. Mm -hmm. And so it's that I decrease so he can increase. Mm -hmm. All about him in the end. So this is, um, getting more toward physically speaking to people and preaching to people. So, the ministers that I've spoken to have been doing it for for a while, and they've they're older uh, than we are by a bit. Um, so you said you're 18, I believe, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm 17. Good lord, I'm getting old. Um, Ooh, so. <laughs> 17. <laughs> I I was thinking about that. I was like, man, this April, and I'll be 18, and it, and it actually shocked me. I was like, I forgot I was 17, but. People can show up, and you know, you know, you'll hear their name. It's like Brother Kleindienst or Brother Jackson or anybody from NAYC. They have because they they've been, or especially people that have been to NAYC. They have that almost a name brand kind of thing, and not not because it's a name brand, but they've been doing it so long, and you hear the name, and they have whatever, and you kind of expect. And so you are working your way up through spiritually and spiritually maturing, and so. How do you know when you're speaking where the line is for your, uh, like, authority in the Spirit or maturity in the Spirit? Because there's certain things that certain ministers can can touch on that people in our bracket or our age group or experience level can't touch on because it's not because God can do what if he spoke through a donkey. He He can do as he wishes, but generally speaking, there's not a set of guidelines because that's where it gets blurry. But you just kind of have to know what you're doing so you can have the best impact and not yeah. do the wrong thing. Not step so, out of your, your line. So yeah. how do you find that, and what is that like as you've gotten older, and how does that work? How do, how do, you, how do you identify it, honestly? Yeah. The, 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 the key to it all, every, everything, is, is that your ministry, 
your your ministry does not determine your relationship with God. Your relationship with God determines your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it comes all of it comes out of 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 a personal relationship with God. All of it comes out of consecration. Um, if you are not consecrated, um, you're going to be devastated mm-hmm. <laughs> to to put it like funny, but um, there it all comes out of uh, a consecration with God. It it's it's those that are closest to him that that it, it, it's it's how close you want to get to him. John the Beloved, um, we find where John the Beloved is a character that I've always loved to study, and I find him extremely interested, uh, uh, interesting. And we find that the disciples all turned to John when they had a question. Mm-hmm. Why that makes me excited is because John was the one that laid on Jesus's chest. John was the beloved. He was the one closest, we would say, closest to Jesus from the outside looking in. And yet when the disciples had a question, they didn't turn to anybody else. They found the one that was closest to Jesus. And so you have to, you, you have to hear from God. Mm-hmm. If you don't hear from God, no, God's not going to back you up. And so it's that's why Elijah can can make fun of the the prophets of Baal, and that's why because he knows when he calls fire down from heaven, mm-hmm. God's going to do it. And so um, I'm kind of a roundabout way of answering the question is is you have to have the spiritual authority, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't have the spiritual authority, stay in your stay know your place. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the Lord will tell you if the Lord tells you to do it. And you know it's the voice of the Lord, do it, mm-hmm. because He will always back you up. Yeah. And so, it, what it comes down to is, is you got to hear from God. If you don't hear from God, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Nobody, you, you, nobody wants to hear you. We don't care what the, I heard a preacher say uh, a while back, and, and stop me if I'm going too long. But I heard a preacher say a while back. He said, "You know what's funny to me is I have. He's now a pastor. He said, but." It, um, he said, I have all these people come to my church, all these young evangelists, and now they're preaching the camps and, and they're preaching the conferences mm-hmm. um, that I used to preach. And he said, what they don't realize is I used to preach those things. <laughs> he said, there's nothing you can say to impress me, so just preach what thus saith the Lord. Yep. Um, and so I, when we get up there, we cannot try to impress by, by our eloquence or even just how hard we preach. Mm-hmm. We have to stay in our lane and we have to say what thus saith the Lord. And if that's hard or if that's challenging, um, then so be it. But most importantly, we've got to find the voice of God. And that's actually a big thing for our generation that I want to see happen is, is for our generation to have a return to the voice a return to the voice of God. Um, that's what we hear about these these great men um, like Verbal Bean, and, and now I'm in trouble because I started naming them, but, and, and Billy Cole and, and uh, Brother Barnes, all of these men, what they simply did was they heard from God, and that's why they had so much authority. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not about, it's not their confidence in them, it's their confidence in God that give, gave them that boldness mm-hmm. and, and gave them what to say. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, and you're talking about the young young ministers and, and this generation and connecting and making that connection. In people, you'll hear, like you say, make that connection again, like like we have not lost it, but it's not as strong as it used to be. And I, I remember reading books and hearing, um, I believe, a book by Billy Cole, or I heard something, a quote or something from some, someone like Nona Freeman or something older like that, and where everything was 
um, relying on God. So they had to have, it's like, I remember somewhere it was like, um, well, if you're not, if you're not better by Monday, then we'll start praying. It's not, if you're not better by Monday, we'll take you to the doctor because they couldn't do that. And some people think that that was a gen, like the greatest generation or whatever. And I think I've heard many people say recently that we are living in the greatest of times, but we cannot, but we don't have the reliance and there's certain things that we're lacking, but I think that we're still so, so blessed to be living where we're living right now. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, that's very vital to have that connection and establish that connection like the old saints did that had to rely on God for everything. I've heard stories of, I think it was our bishop's dad, so um, br- Elder Brother Varnum, yeah, yeah. Um, where he prayed for, he, he gave all of his money in the offering, and he prayed that God fill up his tank, went and got it filled up, and there was already gas in the tank, stuff like that were just minor things. And now we think of, oh, we, we need to, someone to be healed or or walk out of a wheelchair when yeah. really we just need to rely on all the small things and that will shore up all all of your weaknesses and yeah, the mental sure. weaknesses that you may not have faith in. Yeah. That was a little tangent I had to go on you you brought up. No, but um I always ask this question uh about approaching a, a pastor cuz you have had the opportunity to speak out here and there and you can tell us a little bit about that um some experiences you've had but how do you approach and I've asked this question a lot, so for those listening, it may be get old, but I find it's very fun to hear the different approaches that pastors ha- or preachers have to different churches. But what are your steps? What do you do when you're approaching a new church, a new pastor? How do you fill out what they do and what they need and, and certain things like that? If, if, if that makes sense. If you need me to clarify, can you? Um, maybe clarify it a little bit. I think I got what you're saying. but So to me, like I've mentioned before, there's a lot of things behind closed doors that normal people don't see. So yeah. how do you, what's courtesy that you do around a preacher or, I mean, a pastor or around a church? How do you feel out the vibe, I guess you could say, and what you need to do? How do you, what are some respectful things that you do, like, that you wouldn't do at your at your church because you've, you're comfortable around your pastor and things? How do you do it in yeah, a respectful way and that, that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't have all the, the tricks of the trade necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it is. There's there's different things. Um, I always wanna. You always want to to be there and and, and to give honor and, and where honors due and, and to help help the church. Um, the biggest thing that that's in my head is um, I found that that God takes care of a whole lot of things. Um, I don't have a whole lot of answers, but what I do know is that God usually takes care of it. And so whenever I go preach and, and I preach out. What I usually find is that the pa- what the pastor wants is a move of God, mm-hmm. and so and what I want is a move of God. And if we want the same thing, now we have our our common ground, and let's go have a move of God. And so, um, just follow the Holy Ghost, man. Just just let the Holy Ghost lead you on every step. Um, as far as like just little, I guess practical things, um, just always be polite. Always mm-hmm. um, stay within. You know, just just be nice. People need to learn to be nice, and yeah. so, um, it, yeah. I guess I guess that's it. I know I'm not giving you a whole lot there, but yeah. they asked you to be there to be a servant and right. help help people exactly. out. Exactly. So make and sure so, you, you yeah. kind of stay humble and, yeah. and do what you're supposed to. I've actually, you know, because I'm just getting into this, and I don't want to step over you, but like, I've asked different pastors. Uh, I'll ask them what, um, 
I, I've never had somebody tell me to preach, and I don't, and they would they would never. But uh, I'll ask. I'll I'll usually, in, in private conversations, I've asked different pastors. Um, anyway, it's kind of different, but I've asked different pastors when you, when, because you're a pastor, what do you look for for an evangelist? What do you want the evangelist to do? Um, and they all kind of you have unanimously told me we want to move God, um, and and we want you to follow the Holy Ghost. And so when you when you preach something, um, usually it 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 helps the church. It uplifts the church. It also uplifts the pastor. And there sometimes as an evangelist, they even though you think it's basic things. Um, and this is what I'm getting around to say. I'm just trying to figure out how to say it. Even though it's basic things, it could be as simple as pay your tithe or or that you, you should do these things and, and it's so great when you do them. Um, and as simple and as, or that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name or you need to receive the Holy Ghost. Anything as simple even as that is edification to the church. Mm-hmm. And it reinforces that what their pastor is saying is right. Yeah. And so that's what I'm, I was trying to get to is that... Um, don't don't be afraid to even though because it oh it's so basic but even if you're just there to reinforce what what pastor is saying is right you do need to be baptized in Jesus name mm-hmm. you do need to you know what I'm saying so sorry I know that was kind of rambling but no that's what we're here for um, that's very very interesting that's a different I don't want to say a different take but that's the reason why I asked the question because it's the same answer but worded differently. It's like learning something a different way. You've heard it many, many times, but it's very helpful to hear it. And one thing you mentioned um, about reinforcing what the pastor has said, I find very important, especially for newer people that don't exactly realize the, not the supreme authority, but the great authority that a pastor has, is to hear someone else that they may uh, find very important in their lives say the exact same thing to kind of shore up and, and like, strengthen the belief that they have in doctrine or whatever topic is being spoken on and so uh one last question before we get to uh closing and kind of the the funner thing that i'm looking forward to more fun thing i I should say is back to the beginning and what do you do as a young person to answer the call i guess you could say because it's called a call for a reason it's like picking up a phone call you've got to answer and so what are the steps that you take, you know, we've heard, we've heard that, I mean, prayer, prayer will solve most anything, but what are just some things that you, what is your, what is the process that you took? You kind of covered it, but what, what to do? You mentioned this before we started recording and that was like, that's what you said that popped out to me was what do you do as a young person to get to where you need to be? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as a, as a young person, you have a, a, you have a very unique role. You're in a very unique um, position, and young people are powerful. Mm-hmm. They can build a church or they can tear a church down. Um, I've I've seen things, churches that are hindered because of young people, and obviously churches that are helped because of young people. So you need to understand how powerful you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not just the church of. I know this is very cliche. You're not just the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. Um, and so if you want to be a godly young person, if you want to be a spiritual young person, you, what we find in the Bible is artifacts. When we look in the, and pastor preaches this all the time, um, I just think it's very interesting to apply to our walks with God. Mm-hmm. And it's that, and what we find in the Bible is what made something holy? 
what made the Ark of the Covenant holy? What made, I mean, you have spoons that they're using in the tabernacle. What made those spoons so holy? It was the fact that they were separated from the world and they were dedicated unto God. They were separated from the world and they were dedicated unto God. And so as young people, if we want to be holy young people, if we want to be on fire young people, it is our job to be separated from the world and to be dedicated to God. Um, Elisha is a great example in that he, when, when he came in contact with the anointing, he separated himself from his past life by burning the oxen, and he dedicated himself by following Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the call comes, how do I, f- how do I follow the call? You, it becomes everything. It is your job to fulfill that God-given mandate. And so you have to separate yourself. The Bible says lay aside um, every sin and every weight. It talks about laying aside every weight. So it could be as something like, in my case, 4-H. But that wasn't the first thing I've ever had to give up. I've, I've given up. Uh, and I'm not saying that bragging. My point is, if you're going to live for God, if you're going to work for God, you have to separate yourself from the world. You can't do other, even if it's good things, you can't do everything that you can't do the same thing everybody in the youth group is doing. Yeah. You have to separate yourself. You have to come out from among them and be your separate. Then you have to dedicate yourself, and that comes through prayer, fasting, uh, reading your Bible, and so just be a. F- I know this is for, be a freak for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You have to get to the point to where Jesus is the thing. There is no other thing. I have no plan B. I have no backup plan. I want Jesus, and I want Jesus to do everything he wants to do inside of me. And, I, and I'm not going to let anything come in the way of that. Yep. And you said, be a freak for Jesus, and that reminded me. I forget who preached it because it was brought up to me. I was listening to a podcast, and it was brought up. I forgot who preached it at NAYC 19. was talking about, you'll probably remember, about being apostolic to the core. And remember, that was Brother crazy. Cunningham. Brother Cunningham. That was crazy. Um, being just through and through who you need to be in order to make a difference. Um, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, I mean, before I say anything, before anything comes to me, before I go on a tangent? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, as far as being apostolic to the core, and uh, to me, we now have the greatest opportunity ever given to any generation of humans ever before. And that is to live in the last days. Um, the, the I said this last night, but what I really feel in the spirit for us and our generation is that we are standing at the pinnacle. We are standing at the precipice. We are we are here. Every generation has worked to get get us here. There have been people that have died for this. They've all pushed to get to this point, and now it's in our it's in our hands and it's in our grasp. And now the question is, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. We can talk about revival till we're blue in the face, but it will only happen when we get bold enough, when we get apostolic enough to make it happen, yeah. when, when it consumes us like a fire. And we're going to do everything it takes um, to make it happen. So the question is, are we going to just sit back and are we just going to let it pass by or are we going to go after it? Mm-hmm. Bible talks about the children of Israel and uh, they had a promise. They had a promise. They, they had a, it's called the promised land. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
there was an entire generation that they believed that they were going to enter into the promised land. And they're standing right outside, and they made a decision that we can't have it. They, they made a decision that it would just be easier, that it, it, it's just it's not going to work. And the Bible says that they went not fully after it. Um, they, they didn't go fully after it. Mm-hmm. And an entire generation who thought they had promise died in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord forbid, our generation has all the promise in the world. We have all the potential in the world. But the reason that we will not succeed is that we, we won't go after it. But if we'll go after it, if we want it, mm-hmm. if we want it, God will give it to us and, and, and we can change our world. I truly believe that. So. Like the story about beating the arrows on the rock and you can't, you can't stop. You got to keep going until something happens, till, till greatness comes yeah. and then greatness happens. I think that's really wanted to do is that's what I wanted to take into 2021 with this episode specifically is that kind of have an idea, a purpose. Most, I know our church normally has a phrase that we coin to take into the new year. And I don't know how other churches do it, but here I kind of want to have that idea for people that listen and kind of apply that, just be apostolic to the core, shake the foundation of the world, and just do something great. Absolutely. And I've been trying to shake up my podcast a little bit, make it a little bit more uh, fun. (laughs) Yeah, and so absolutely. I want to end on a light, light note because if you've listened all the way through, we've hit 37 minutes already. Woof. <laughs> and so if you've listened this far, we just want to kind of have a little fun, a little lighten it up. And I wondered if you had any fun uh, moments when you were preaching, anything noteworthy, anything to mention. We were talking about some beforehand. A lot of stuff. They're <laughs> um, probably not as good as some people's, but... Um, uh, you're too humble. <laughs> but I have... It's not just in the pulpit. Church is funny. That's yeah. the first thing I want to say. Church is funny. I have a lot of fun. Some of the funniest moments in my life have been in church. Now I can't share all of those, <laughs> but they've been in church. I've ripped my pants in church. One time I was at TTF, you know, and Touch the Future. If you've never been, this is a shameless plug. You need to come. Yeah. Um, but I was at TTF, and, you know, you're supposed to look your best. So I had a real nice suit on, I felt like, and um, I wanted to run. I started running the aisles, and as I rounded the corner— I had some new shoes on too, and uh, those are really slick. And I slipped, and I ripped a hole in my brand new suit. Um, and I walked around the rest of TTF with a hole in my suit. <laughs> so uh, I had that. I preached one time. I preached about um, just recently. The one my sister and my brother have been making me fun, making fun of me for is I preached about. Uh, wounded warriors and I was talking about being wounded and I was saying you need to get up it was just a it was just you just got hurt you're not dead yet and I said it's just a (laughs) boo-boo and I screamed it to the top of my lungs and I did it on purpose but it was just a poor church choice of words Uh and so now all the time I'll be around anytime I get hurt my my family yells at me it's (laughs) just a boo-boo uh yeah and then uh there's, I mean, there's plenty of other funny things, but uh, yeah, that, those are some of the ones that come to mind. I remember beforehand we were speaking, and this one kind of cracked me up. I forgot where you said you went, but you said you, you said it was the choir tour, and we had been singing, <laughs> yeah. and we had all lost our voices, right? And then you, didn't you, you said you spoke or something? Yeah, so I, it was the choir tour, and I had lost my voice, and I, so, you know, I, I sounded real, real, real cool, oh um, and uh and I had lost my voice, and then I went 
I preached that Sunday. I preached out, and so I, my voice was really, really feeling it. Um, and as a young preacher, you don't have too many of those moments. <laughs> but um, you know, I finally felt like I was I was official. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had lost my voice. I was yeah. I was fancy. And so I walked into Chick Fil A, and this lady, she said, "Are you a singer?" And I'm not a singer. But she said, "Are you a singer?" And I said, "I said no, ma'am." Um, she said, "Well, your voice just has so much resonance." I didn't even really know what that meant. I was like, <laughs> but it sounded cool. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. I am a preacher, though. <laughs> and so for the first time, I was like, yes, I sound cool. <laughs> it's like matter of fact. Um, I'm going to count down when I can get my chicken 30, yeah, 29, 29 <laughs> 28, 27. So, I mean, if you say so, if I have the voice. So I guess you could say you have a voice for podcasting now, too. You can add that to your resume of greatness. Yep. Yeah. Um, but honestly, just kind of want to end on a good note. We're around the perfect timestamp to me anyways, and we've covered a bunch of good stuff. We've had a good time in the last five minutes, five, ten minutes, explaining a bunch of good stuff. And do you want to leave us with anything before I kind of sign us off? Do you, do you have anything, words of wisdom that you just kind of came to you? Do you want to recap? Words of wisdom. I don't have many of those. <laughs> but uh, just to kind of recap and, and to reiterate, I know we talked a long time, um, but really what, what I would have for, for, for this generation and what I would have for us is that I want us to just fall madly in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Um, and people try to make it overly complex sometimes. Fall madly in love with the Lord. Work like a dog. Mm-hmm. Do as much as you can do. I know that might be offensive to some people, but that's what my dad has always told us. <laughs> Work like a dog. Do as much as you can do. Fall madly in love with the Lord. Be apostolic to the core. Just, just do it. Go after it. Yep. You gotta, you gotta want it. You gotta, you gotta want this thing. And if we'll just be freaks for Jesus, if we'll just be apostolic, um, something's gonna happen. It's going to happen. And so uh, I'm so excited to see what the Lord is going to do through us and, and through this generation. I really, truly believe that this is the greatest generation ever to walk the earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm just honored to, to be a part of that. Yep. Well, thank you for saying that. That reminds me, as I discipline what I'm going to use to close, is almost if you've ever experienced going into a church service or a conference and you just kind of have that rush about you that you know something's going to happen, the spirit of expectation. Right. A lot of people say, Almost every day and almost before every church service now, anything I do, I feel that just in the spirit with people I know, with I've been to conferences and just seen how a lot of people are on fire and ready to to do something special. And I feel that um, greatness, that spirit of expectation, that kind of it almost reminds me of like a beehive. It just every everything just vibrates and it's just ready for something to to happen. That's kind of where I want to leave us with that. Uh, keynote for the for the year ready to take take over and do what we need to do shake the foundation and be apostolic to the core and thank you so much i hope everybody listening has a blessed day and i hope luke has a blessed day blessed life a blessed 2021 and thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for getting so far god bless <laughs>